0: Well, I was just on, not today, but I had just been on an international flight. And I remember landing and getting to the place and meeting people picking me up. And I remember thinking, it's hard to understand these people. And I wish I could understand them better. They definitely speak differently than me. And I remember going to a, a wedding, and there at the wedding, I was thinking, this doesn't seem like a normal wedding. They, at the reception, there was no place to sit down, and they just did things in a different way that I had ever seen or experienced before. And I just remember thinking, this doesn't seem like home. It was interesting because I had flown from Nicaragua to the United States it, just, it was in a different part of the United States than I was used to. I was in Alabama, the deep south, where people s- spoke a little differently, and it was hard to understand everything they were saying. And it was just some customs were different, some, the culture was different. And so I have kind of felt some culture shock the first time coming back, or one of the first times coming back from Nicaragua when I was a long time ago coming in to a friend's wedding in Alabama. And I remember thinking... This, even though it's even though it's my country, or even though it's the country that I'm been from and born in, it's not home. And, and Jesus told us that this world is not our home. This world is a place where we live, and sometimes we like to say home and think, talk about home, and you know we want to make it us comfortable and you know have a nice house and everything, but we are not to be of this world now we live in the world but we are not of the world if you are a follower of jesus then we live in a countercultural world and and, and we live in this world but we're supposed to be different than the world and so i wanted to say that as as today we're looking at commissioned like jesus i want to think about what did jesus what was he living like when he was here on earth and what was he requiring us? Asking his followers, if you are a believer in Jesus, and you are a follower of Jesus, what are we commissioned as followers of Jesus? And so we've been looking at this for the last few weeks. And so we, we saw, first of all, that, that we need to embrace the mission of God. We need to embrace that God's mission is for people to come to him. That all people come to him. We are in need of salvation. We are in need of His grace and mercy. And so we need to understand that that's God's mission, and He wants us to be involved in participating in His mission. And we saw, we've been looking at the Great Commission passages in Matthew, Mark, and Luke so far. We're going to be looking at John today. And so in. In Mark, we looked at how Jesus commissioned his followers to proclaim the good news, to tell people about the gospel, to make sure they understand and know what the gospel message is, that Jesus came to live a perfect life, to die a sinner's death, and salvation is available to all who believe in Jesus Christ alone for the forgiveness of their sins and have life in his name. And then and we saw that our... our, the main idea that day was our, our commission is to pre- proclaim the good news of salvation to everyone. It's not exclusive. We, go, we are proclaiming, telling people about Jesus' good news, just like he did. And then we looked at in Matthew, we saw that, that our main idea was the, the Great Commission. This is the Great Commission passage. And our commission is to go make disciples of Jesus wherever we are. Now, it also says, baptize them and, and teach them. But go out and make disciples. Make, so Teach people about what it means to follow in the way of Jesus. Teach them and baptize them and make disciples. It means it's kind of two things. We, we proclaim, let people know about the message of Jesus, and then we teach them and we walk with them on this path of learning and obeying and trusting Jesus with their whole heart. And then last week we looked at what else in, in Luke is talking about our Great Commission is not just to proclaim and to, and to give or make disciples, but it's also then using the power that God has given us in the Holy Spirit. So we carry out God's mission by the power of His Spirit. And so we looked at that last week, and, and we, we saw this, this story of how the disciples... They realized Jesus opened up their minds and, and had them understand what the message of the, the gospel is. And that's what he's done for each person that's trusted in Jesus. That If, if you believe in Jesus, you, you have the message of the gospel and your mind has been opened up to what the truth of Jesus is. And so that's what we can pray for others, that God would open up their minds to the gospel message. And so that they would first realize the gospel and then re- then as believers we receive the spirit of god we receive it and we receive it then with joy and in and, and that passage in luke it's the end it was talking about how jesus left he ascended and the disciples what did they do they came and they responded with joy and they were praising god and so the people saw wow these people are different they have joy and so that's, that's one of the things that helps people understand that we are different, that we, as Christians, we have joy, and we live by the power of His Spirit. So today we're going to be looking at the last gospel, the gospel of John. So I encourage you to open to John chapter 20, and it's not the very last part of John. It has 21 chapters, but we're going to be looking at John 20 today. And in John 20, it is the resurrection account, and we're not looking at that part today uh, but in the resurrection account, uh, and, and then after the resurrection account, Mary Magdalene sees the risen Lord. And then the disciples are, are gathered together. And that's kind of where we're going to pick it up. But I want to just look at what was some of John's kind of emphasis or what was his kind of things that he really cared about in his gospel. And his central theme is that Jesus is the divine Son of God who reveals the Father and gives eternal life to all that believe in Him. So Jesus is both man and God, and He reveals God the Father, and that Jesus gives life. He's the only way to God. He's the only way to, for salvation. So He gives life to all who believe and trust in Him. And, and we saw or at the very beginning of John it says the Word became flesh. Right? And that Word is is talking about Jesus the Word. And then in verse 14 of of John 1, it says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. And so Jesus came from... He came to the world to live with us. Okay? this is like a picture of the, the new heaven where people and God live together and dwell together. And that's exciting. The difference here is that this was, this was when Jesus came. The world is still in sin and the world is still corrupted. And there's still a lot of obviously bad things that are happening. So it's not a picture of heaven. It's just like a little bit of heaven because Jesus dwelling, the God dwelling with people, and that's exciting. So Jesus came to dwell with us, and he he shows us the Father. He shows us God the Father. He, He reveals him to us, and he's full of grace and truth, and that's what we should be about. Grace and truth, just like Jesus being about grace and truth. Not truth by itself, not grace by itself, but both grace and truth. And we saw it, I mean, we, we most of us know John 3.16 by heart, but that's kind of the, one of the key parts of the gospel, is that, that God sent Jesus to die a sinner's death. And in, in John 3.17, it's not just that Jesus came and died, but also it says some purpose here. In, in John 3.16 and then verse 17, Jesus God sent His so loved God so loved the world. He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. So God is not trying to condemn the world, but God is trying to save the world through Jesus Christ. That's the only way to God for salvation through Jesus alone. And so that's that's some of the keys of John that John is, is trying to emphasize that. And so it's important to look at that as we jump into John chapter 20 and read what Jesus is saying with the disciples. The last thing, one of the last things that Jesus is telling the disciples in the book of John. And so in John chapter 20, Jesus is with the disciples. He's just entered the room. He's just has showed the disciples his hands inside, proving that he is the risen Jesus. And so it says here in in John 20 verse 21, it says, again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Just Just a short little phrase, just a short little verse there, but let's look at this. So Jesus is giving peace to his disciples. Remember last week when we looked at the ascension of Jesus, the last thing Jesus was doing as he was ascending was what? Going to heaven. But what was he doing? Blessing. blessing. Good job, Susie. He was blessing. He was blessing the people. He was blessing his followers as he was ascending. So Jesus, his last thing he was... And now this this happened before that because there was he hadn't ascended yet in this part. But Jesus had been blessing the people as his last thing he was doing. Here he's giving peace to his followers he's a couple times here it says peace be with you he's not talking about the peace of the world he's not talking peace in in a way that sometimes we think about peace he's talking about his peace and he's saying my peace is with you my wholeness my complete peace that i have i'm giving to you so peace be with you and then he says as the, he, lets, he makes a statement about how he was sent from the Father. So he says, as the Father has sent me. So we, we know that the Father sent Jesus into the world. And now, at the end, when he's about to leave them, he says, so I am sending you. So just like Jesus being sent into the world, Jesus then sends his followers in the world. Now, there's a little difference here, of course, His followers didn't come from somewhere else. They started at the world, right? But but Jesus says, just like me, you are being sent to this world. You're being sent out. I'm sending you to let people know about me. I'm sending you on this mission. And so Jesus' mission was to seek and save the lost was to come and to show the light to the world, a dark world. And our mission is the same. It's to be like Jesus, to show people His love and His mercy. And our first point today is, commissioned like Jesus means that His followers are sent with His peace to participate in His mission. So if you're a follower of Jesus, and one of our commissions is to go with His peace on mission. Participate with God's mission. Uh, God's mission is to seek and save the lost. Let people know, proclaim the good news of salvation to all. To baptize and teach and make disciples of all nations. That's part of our commission. So we can participate with Jesus. So he doesn't need us to do this. He can do this on His own if He wants. But He... he lets us in on this, that we can participate in His mission. But it's not kind of like if you want to. He's actually commissioning. He's saying, this is what I'm calling you to do. This is what your assignment is. It's not if you choose to accept it. It's you are a, if you are a Christian, this is what you're about. Because if you're like me, if you say you're a Christian, a Christ, a little Christ, then you're going to be like me we need to be like jesus participating in his mission and, and a quote that i read this week in a book called a light to the nations the elder, elders will hear notice this one because we talked about it in our meeting but a light to the nation it, this quote says mission is not primarily about going now i know this was this in this passage jesus is saying just like the father sent me i'm sending you So it might seem like a contradiction there, but it's not. It's not just about going, okay? Listen to what he says. Nor is mission primarily about doing anything. Wait, what what is mission then? If it's not about going and it's not about doing, what is it? In A Light to the Nations, it says, Mission is about being. Mission is about being. What does that mean? How is it about being? He says, It's about being a distinctive kind of people, a counter cultural community among the nations. Mission is about being. So, even though we are sent, and even wherever we are, we are God's light, and we are showing people about Jesus, it's not about us doing things, it's not about us going places. Yes, those are involved. But mission is primarily about being, being a distinct people, being different, being countercultural to this world. When people say, "Why are you? Why do you have hope when everybody else is in despair? Why do you have joy? Why do you? Well, why are you happy?" But this doesn't make sense to us. You are different. Why are you so different? We, we're supposed to be an attractive people because we have Jesus. So Jesus was like this, and He wants us to be like this. He was all about mission. He was all about reaching people, going out and serving, going out and showing people who He was. And now He has invited us, actually commissioned us, to do the same, to be followers of Jesus it means that we're participating on His mission, and we're showing people that we are different, that we are countercultural, that we are of Jesus, not of this world. And so we are sent, even even though we are sent with this piece to participate on His mission, it's about how we are being and how we live differently, not just where we're going and not just what we're doing, but it's about how we live. That's countercultural. Are we this distinctive kind of people? Are we, are we different? Do people see us as weirdos? That's, that's a good thing. They should see us as weirdos. Because then that starts wondering, why are they so weird? Why are they so different than everybody else? Why? Because it starts getting them to think, and this is where prayer comes in. And people see, why, why, are, why are you so different? They usually don't ask that question first. But when they start thinking it and we praying, Lord, please, please show these people. Please, the people that I'm in conversations with at work and at school, in the neighborhood, wherever I am, please open their eyes to your truth of the gospel. Please help me to be a vessel for you. Please help me to take opportunities to, to proclaim and to make gospels. Sorry, make disciples. We don't make the gospel. (laughs) He already did that. To understand the gospel and be on His mission. It's about the way we live and it's about being different. But the way that we're different is because we are marked by people that are with Jesus. We're not going to be different just trying to be different. We're going to be different because we are with Jesus and like Jesus. So first we see That we're commissioned like Jesus, it means that we are sent with His peace to participate on mission. And then let's see what the next verse says here in John 20. Verse 22, it says this. And with that, He, that's Jesus, breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Okay. (laughs) So, I'm glad it says with that because it connects the first and second points together. Because if it, if it didn't say with that, it would be a little bit strange just to see, just to think about, okay, Jesus breathing on them and like, what's all this about? No, but Jesus is saying, okay, your mission is to be like me. Your mission is that you're in the world, but you're not of the world. You're showing people me and then he breathed on them. Now that's a little strange, <laughs> If I went up and down the aisle and started breathing I'd be, first of all, you would probably get up and start leaving. I mean, I mean, COVID, that's not okay to do. I know. But Jesus breathed on his disciples. He breathed on them. And then he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, were they getting the Holy Spirit right then? What do you think? Not yet. Then why do you say receive it? Receive the Holy Spirit. Breathe on them, receive the Holy Spirit. No. He wasn't giving them the Holy Spirit yet. Remember, in the last week we learned he was saying, stay in the in the city, stay in Jerusalem, and wait until the power comes from on high. Wait till you receive it. When when the Holy Spirit comes, believe me, you'll know that you have the Holy Spirit. But here he's saying, receive the Holy Spirit. He's getting them ready. He's getting them ready to embrace that the Holy Spirit is going to be a gift that they need to rely on. That they better not try to do things without the Holy Spirit. They better not try to go do His mission apart from His Spirit. It's not going to go very well. So, ten days later, they would receive the Holy Spirit. And we can read about that in Acts chapter 2. But Jesus, he relied on the Holy Spirit. As soon as Jesus was baptized, sometimes we kind of miss over this, but like when we read the Gospels and we see, oh, Jesus was baptized, and then it says, and then he was led out into the wilderness for 40 days. By who? By the Holy Spirit, or the Spirit of God. He led Jesus. The first thing he did after he was baptized is the Holy Spirit led Jesus away for 40 days. And then, what was the next thing that happened? Jesus was got a big meal. No, before the big meal, well, I don't, it doesn't say anything about a meal, but I'm sure he, he ate something. But before the meal, who came to tempt him? Satan. So so it sounds like the Holy Spirit leads, leads in bad ways, right? He led Jesus into the wilderness to not eat for 40 days, and they and then he knew that Satan would be there to tempt him and he, in his weakest moment, in his weakest earthly moment. Sounds like that's not a good thing to do, right? Let's not, let's not trust the, the, the way the Spirit leads. Well, that's how... I mean, no one's going to probably say that. <laughs> but, but that's how we can sometimes think. Like, well, no, that's, that, maybe that's just for super Christians that believe in the Holy Spirit. Or maybe that's just for Christians that are really, you know, they really know something or they really, they really trust God. no. The Holy Spirit is a gift for all believers. And we need to be dependent and relying on Him to lead us, to empower us. We need to be thinking when we're in conflict. We need to be wondering, okay, not just, what should the, what would the, what the WWJD, what would Jesus do? No, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do in this moment right now? And a lot of times, it's not going to come right that moment. A lot of times it means we have to be patient and we need to wait and we need to be connecting with God, being led by His Spirit. So our second point today is that commission like Jesus means that His followers are given His Spirit to lead and empower. So Jesus relied completely on the Holy Spirit while He was on earth. That seems kind of funny that He relied on the Spirit. But He, as a human, fully human and fully God, he relied on the Spirit. To all the things that Jesus performed, miracles, all the power that He had, He relied on the Holy Spirit. And so in the same way, He's giving us His Spirit so that we can rely on the Holy Spirit to lead us and empower us and give us truth when we need it. Give us that help that we need. And it's interesting here that that we see in these two verses, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and they're all working together. The Father sends the Son. The Son sends us on mission. And the Spirit is the one that empowers us to do mission and leads us into truth of doing this mission. So it's this really cool picture of the, the Trinity working together and inviting us into that mission. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit working and letting us be part of that. In John 15, Jesus had said earlier than this, it said about the Holy Spirit, He said, But when the Helper or Advocate comes, whom I'm going to send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, He says, who proceeds from the Father, this Holy Spirit will bear witness about me. And you will also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. So Jesus is saying, and that was in John 15, 26 and 27, that Jesus was saying that this Holy Spirit that's coming, that you're gonna, you need to rely on and embrace and, and let Him lead you and empower you. This Spirit is going to be your helper. It's the best helper you could ever have. Is He is God who gives you what you need. Now, it's not what we want, it's what we need. Sometimes what we want and need are the same, but usually not. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit is going to help us bear witness about Jesus. It's going to help us remember what Jesus taught. It's going to help us remember how to live according to Jesus. To be connected in God. And it's going to make us, help us bear witness because we've been with Jesus. So the reason we can bear witness about Jesus is because we are in Jesus. Like earlier in John 15, it talks about I am the vine, you are the branches. We are abiding in Jesus. When we abide in Jesus, that's when we, we, when we remember. That's when we know. That's when we embrace who God is and what His mission is and what we are to do. And really, not just what we are to do, but what we are to be. We are to be people that are trusting in Jesus alone. We are to be people that are different than the world, like Jesus. So let me ask you, how are you relying on the Holy Spirit? How are you relying on the Helper, the Spirit of truth? Are you... If you are a follower of Jesus, are are you seeking out the spirit of truth on a regular basis? And I'm not trying to say check it off your list of make sure you do this a certain number of times a week or a day or whatever. No. But if you are a follower of Jesus, He gives us this gift. This gift that is needed. And how are we being witnesses of Jesus? Because remember, remember, the Holy Spirit, the Helper, the Advocate, the Spirit of Truth, He gives us that... He helps us remember who Jesus is and what He's all about and how we can be abiding in Him and living distinctly from the world. So first we see that... to commission like Jesus means that we his followers if you are a follower of Jesus that you're sent with peace to participate in his mission and then given his spirit to lead and empower. And then we're going to look at verse 23 here. So in John 20 verse 23 it says if you forgive anyone's sins their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them they are not forgiven. All right, simple enough, right? We can forgive sins, right? That's what Jesus says to his followers, right? Isn't that what it it says? We can forgive sins? Yes or no? (laughs) It's a little confusing, isn't it? Wait, we can forgive sins? I thought that only God can forgive sins. Huh, what does this mean? What are we supposed to do with this? Jesus is telling his disciples, if you forgive anyone's sins then the sins are forgiven. And if you don't forgive them, they're not forgiven. Now wait a minute, didn't Peter just say earlier, how many times are we supposed to forgive? Like seven times, right, Jesus? Just seven times. I can forgive somebody seven times. Right? After seven, I'm done, right? And so then this is where this applies. Then they're not forgiven, they've done it. Hopeless, it's over. Right? No, okay. J- Jesus said, Peter, not seven times, but 70 times seven. He's saying forever. Just keep, like, and you're like, uh, Peter's probably like, what in the world? <laughs> like, I have to keep forgiving? So here, now, I wonder if Peter was like, now, wait a minute, Jesus. What am I supposed to do with this verse? And this is this is a little confusing, obviously. But I, when I was studying this, and I was looking at different commentaries, I, I looked at the... the Zonervan Study Bible, and it gives a a good definition of what's going on here. It gives commentary, not definition. And so here, there's different voices in the Greek language, and Maria can probably tell you about that, and Matt and a few other people probably can know about Greek. There's different voices. There's an active voice, there's a passive voice, there's a middle voice, and sometimes, I think in English, we have active and passive. But here, it's what the what the commentary is saying is, it says there's a passive voice here. And this passive voice is implying that God is the one who forgives, or doesn't forgive, of the people's sins. So it's God that's doing it, not His people. And, and God does not grant or withhold forgiveness because of the disciples or we do so. So God isn't the one saying, no, I'm not going to forgive people because, oh, this person doesn't want to forgive that person. Oh, Luke doesn't want to forgive them, so we're not, I'm, God's not going to say, I'm not going to forgive them. So, so it's not up to us. And then it says, but through the Holy Spirit, the apostles and all believers participate in Jesus' saving mission by declaring that God will forgive all who repent and believe in Jesus and that God will, for, will not forgive those who do not repent and believe. So, God is the one that says you're forgiven or you're not. But it depends on if the person wants to come to Jesus and says, I'm sorry. I've sinned. My life, I've been trying to do my life without you. And now, you've opened up my eyes and I want to I receive you and embrace you and live a life for you. So, Jesus says it's, anyone that puts their faith and trust in him will be saved. Tony Evans says it like this, the Holy Spirit would enable these disciples and us to authoritatively declare that God had indeed forgiven the sins of anyone who believes in Jesus. So Jesus is saying, "Because you have the Holy Spirit, because you have the Spirit of truth, you are going to know." Now, that's a little still a little confusing. You are gonna know, but really what he's saying is you can participate in showing people the gospel that all who come on the name all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. All who want to want repentance and want forgiveness of sins through Jesus, they will be saved. That's that's the gospel. And so our third point today is that Jesus is commissioning us to be like Jesus, and so that means that his followers are to be demonstrating. His good news or His gospel by granting forgiveness. So we can grant forgiveness and we can be showing people, pointing people to a good, merciful, loving God by the way that we show forgiveness. In the book of Luke we looked at last week, it doesn't talk about... It doesn't talk about gospel... When when in this great commission passage in Luke, it says, "Repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed." So that's Luke's way of saying the gospel message. He's saying, "Repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed." And so here, in a similar way, John is saying this. John is writing this down that Jesus said that we need to be demonstrating this good news, this gospel message to all people. By granting forgiveness and when they see that we can grant forgiveness they know that God grants forgiveness and so it's a way that we can show and demonstrate proclaiming the goodness of God and his salvation alone uh, I was going to ask you you know we've looked at in Matthew Mark and Luke how many times the word gospel was included in those passages in the in the whole book of, of those gospels now in John, when I was looking at this, how many times do you think the word gospel, now it's not an English gospel, but it could be good news or translated gospel, how many times do you think gospel was written in the whole 21 chapters of the gospel of John? Just shout it out. 38. No other guesses? Angie can't guess. 64. $100? $1. $1. 21 All of you are high. Anybody else want to guess? Five? Okay, that's, that's a good guess. I would, I would think in the Gospel of John, it would be like 64 times, or like a lot of times, like gospel, gospel, gospel. And we saw like in Luke, Jesus was proclaiming the gospel a few times. They said that. And in Mark, like seven times, proclaiming the gospel and teaching people. And gospel message wherever this wherever the the woman that anointed Jesus' feet the gospel will be presented well gospel be shared throughout the whole world that was in matthew and in luke in john the word gospel zero zero times yeah if you find the word gospel in john show me because <laughs> it it's not there Now, maybe different translations can try to make it, I mean, maybe in the message translation or something like that, they try to fit in the gospel somewhere, but it's not in there. Because he he didn't use the word gospel. He talked about it. Like here, he's talking about how we need to forgive each other's sins and how we need to show people, demonstrate the gospel. But he doesn't say gospel. In fact, the only time in, in the NIV it said gospel, it was actually a subtitle. It says, The purpose of John's gospel. Now, the purpose of John's gospel is in the end of this chapter, it says that Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. That's the purpose of the whole book of John, is that by believing in Jesus Christ alone for the forgiveness of your sins, that you have life. In him. So our main idea today is that Jesus sends his followers into the world to be like him. And we saw this in lots of ways. We saw this that Jesus Jesus was sent on a mission by the Father. We sent that Jesus was relying on the Holy Spirit. And we saw this that Jesus grants forgiveness. And as followers of Jesus, if you were a follower of Jesus, then we are also commissioned to be like Him in these ways. We are sent with His his peace to participate in His mission. We are given His Spirit to lead and empower us, and we are to demonstrate His good news of the gospel message by granting forgiveness. In the song we're going to close with in a few minutes, it says, My heart's one desire is to be holy, set apart for You, my Master, ready to do Your will. We are to be set apart and holy like Jesus. We are to be seeking Him with all our heart. We are to be connected and abiding in Him if we're going to be like Him. So in the world, but not of the world, living like Jesus with His Spirit. And before I close, I just want you to think about this question. It's on the bottom of your handout, on your sermon notes. And the question is, if you were a follower of Jesus, how were you growing closer to Jesus and being more like Him? So take just a moment to think about that. And kind of while you're doing that, when you finish that, you can start the survey question. And, and what Rich said earlier, the survey question's are we're doing these for a few weeks. There's going to be one more next week. And we're doing these to get, kind of get the heartbeat of you guys. We're trying to get the heartbeat of what we are all about at East Bend and what are we on mission to do. And what are we passionate about? What are we excited about? How can we show the love of Jesus? How, how are we being different than the world? And so the questions today, and if you didn't get a chance to finish them last week, please turn them in. Um, and if you don't have a chance to finish these two today, please turn them in next week. There will be a chance to do all of them later, but I am trying to save you a, a meeting to, by doing these a few minutes at a time. So how have you participated in service or outreach at East Bend, and, and what are your passions or ideas of how we could serve or reach out to our communities? So take a, take a few minutes to think about all those, and please leave us your feedback. If you, it's if not enough time, take it home and bring it back another time if we could put some uh, soft music on, Kenny. So dear Jesus, we thank you that you are, are inviting us and commissioning us to participate in your mission. And God, I pray that you would give us what we need to fulfill the mission that you desire us to do. That you would give us wisdom, that you would give us grace and power and truth. And thank you for the gift of your spirit that enables us, that gives us power, that, gives, that reminds us of opportunities that we can share with people, opportunities to, to, to talk to people about you, Jesus. And so God, I just pray that we would be people that embrace your mission, that we be people that embrace your spirit, and that we be people that embrace forgiveness and being a people that are different, that this watching world would see how we're different and see our good deeds and give glory to you in heaven.